Hey guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city. We have a special guest this week for Emirati Women's Day, which takes place on August 28th. And uh, this year's theme is related to the Year of Sustainability uh, 2023, which, uh, of course, there's COP28 taking place. Uh, so this lady created her own company with sustainability at its core, but also is representative of a lot, lot of the material and the inspirational females out there, especially in the UAE, uh, that many will follow. And uh, it's also a great time to highlight uh, what they've been achieving and what they've been doing. But I think uh, someone uh, will learn a lot from this conversation, so enjoy it. Welcome back to another episode of Dubai Works Business Podcast. Very special guest today, coming up with Emirati Women's Day on the 28th of August. We're joined by Nada El Amrani. She's the founder of Matia Natural, a beauty brand with strong commitment to redefining the concept of natural skincare. Nada's mission is to offer products that are not only effective, but also prioritize well-being of individuals and the planet. Uh, welcome, Nada, to the show. Thank you so much, Richard, for having me here today. Thank you. So did I say that, Matia? Matia. Yeah, it's Matia. Matia, Matia natural. natural. And how did you come up with the name and what's the com product? What's the company? Well, the name comes from uh, uh, Amazigh origin. It's a region in, uh, I mean, it's the, the, um, the origin, uh, original people of Morocco. So it's, uh, it means uh, the best of all women, Matia. So that's the, the meaning of it. That's name. a good meaning. That's and great. And this is what we actually try and, you know, to do so that uh, all women feel that they are uh, the best. And was that the original concept? So it's for women. Uh, when did you start the business? I started, I officially launched uh, in uh, 2021, uh, the end of 2021. But it took me uh, approximately three years to lay down the foundation of the business. And, and can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so, uh, well... Uh, before, I was doing something completely dif different. You know, I come from a business background. So I, uh, I was working in the uh, banking uh, sector and the real estate sector. And um, after that, I stopped working for 15 years because I always had this big, uh, a broad objective that I wanted to find something that passionate me, but at the same time, that would bring some positive change to people and to society. So it took me around 15 years of self-search and trying different fields. Uh, I enrolled in a master of uh, uh, child marriage and, and couple counseling, and then completely to something totally different <laughs> to a master in public administration and policy making. And I was excelling in, you know, in that field. So I was having A stars and A in my subject, but I was not feeling, you know, that this is my passion. Until um, uh, it was uh, exactly the end of 2019 when I came across a, a video of soap making. Uh, 
So automatically, that I found it. I found my passion. I, soap making was for me like, and it was and it still is like a therapy. So I was fascinated by the, you know, the, the formulation, the plant-based ingredients and all that. And I decided to get a formal education. So uh, I, I got my diploma as an organic skincare formulator. And it all started from there. And I started laying down the foundation of the, of the company. So I knew I had the, I wanted the high quality natural product, which means high quality, uh, quality uh, natural ingredients as well, and ethically sourced from like-minded suppliers, and also the product to be made in UAE. And this is a very, was very important for me because um, we have seen, you know, how UAE went from a desert land into having one of the most advanced and high-tech city in the world. And we will be seeing as well how that desert land will become a farmland. Mm. Because I don't know if you remember a few years ago, when you go to local supermarkets, we used to find only like one or two vegetables actually made or produced in UAE. But now we can find a variety of vegetables and fruits that are produced in UAE. So I wanted Matia Natural to be part and participate in um, the path that UAE is taking toward uh, self-sustainable economy and uh, self-sufficient economy. So this was very important that the product to be made in UAE. So this is one value. The other uh, value is to having, you know, um, a product that empowers women, for example. So we, we are using argan oil and we use it in all our formulation and we source uh, argan oil directly from the cooperative in uh, South Morocco uh, to, um, to help these women reach their, in their, their independence, their financial independence and support their families. So this is one. So you have a product that's empowering women. You have um, also in in uh, in regards to uh, eco-friendly and sustainability, we choose the the uh, bamboo packaging, biodegradable, and it can be also our jars can be uh, washed and reused. They are so you know beautiful with mm. the uh, bamboo lid. And there is also another building block also that you know foundation of Matia is transparency and here I want to spend some time talking sure. about it sounds like a lot of thought went into this not yeah. just in the sort of in the three years build up of when you when you attain that certificate on you know uh formulating the product yeah. uh but there's there's a lot of thought it, you mentioned it was sort of therapy and the making of the soap is therapeutic and and there's that benefit of it. Yeah. But actually what you described afterwards were a lot of th fundamentals of business. Exactly. Like the, the core of the business, you didn't rush into it. You sort of thought what's really important to you um, with, I guess, in mind of building a sustainable, meaningful business. Exactly. But it, it all goes to the initial purpose of having a business because I believe that it's very important to ask this question, what's your purpose of this business? Is this only for profit? Then, you know, it, it will be difficult because the, the, the market is uh, saturated with product. And, but when you have a higher purpose, a higher cause, 
that's what keeps you motivated and makes you go through all the, you know, ups and downs as well. So for the, 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 the point of transparency, and here, this is why I say this is a very important point, because is to be able to give a consumer, you know, proper information that will help them making the right purchasing decision. Mm. Uh, because this is also related to sustainability. Why? Because if, let's say, for example, when you take a product, uh, any product has a label and it has a list of ingredients in that label. Right? So when you buy a cream, let's say, and it, say, uh, it says that this is an argan cream, okay? And this list of ingredients, first of all, they are in a descendant order. So from the higher percentage used to the lowest percentage. So if you buy a cream that said this is an argan cream, and then you see in the list of ingredients that argan is is down, percentage. yeah, is down there in the list. So you know that this is maybe not that argan cream that you thought or, or rich in argan as you thought. So informing consumers about these kind of details, or for example, what are the ingredients that go into that product. For example, I give you, um, I, I remember one day, you know, before, because the change, the change starts happening with me in 2017, when I started changing my, my, my lifestyle, my, my skin and hair, hair care routine more towards the natural. Hmm. So before that, I was a, a consumer of skincare products, buying all kinds of different creams and all that. So I remember one day I bought one uh, vitamin C serum, and I was so excited about that because vitamin C and all it does to the skin. And when I put it, it, it just stayed there on my skin, didn't get absorbed, even after one or two hours. At that time, I said, okay, that's, maybe it's not suitable for my skin. But now I understand that this serum uh, maybe is formulated with some comedogenic ingredients that ingredients that that are heavy on the skin or that clog pores and that's why I had this this you know this, this effect so when when consumer knows the ingredient that of the product they are buying mm. it's it's allow them to make the right procession decision and at the same time this reduce waste so you yeah. buy the right product that is for you in, instead of buying too many products and uh, they will end up in the bin. You don't use. And yeah. so when you launched in 2021, because skincare is quite wide and you mentioned some different types of solutions and products, yeah. what was your first product range and what, what does Masia Natural offer right now? So, yeah, I started first with the... When I launched, I, I launched with a big diversity. I was so crazy about the plant-based <laughs> ingredients. So I, this is maybe one mistake I did as well, you know, that launching so many products. Okay. So it was the soap. It was mainly bath and body products. So it was the, the handmade soap and then the scrubs and few masks. And then I introduced the toner, the serum, and now, maybe I will keep that, uh, you know, at the end, I'm launching uh, something, new. something totally different. And, but you say it was a mistake, but is it that you sort of tested many things, you saw what worked, and then you sort of doubled down on that? Because every product has a cost. Yeah. 
So that was the mistake. It's not because, you know, uh, there are products that are effective and, uh, uh, you know, um, have uh, great reviews about them. But the, the problem is every product has a cost, a cost of formulating, of mm. ingredients, of packaging, of marketing. You did, know? You, did you, when you, with this business, did you cover everything yourself? Because I, I really admire that you wanted to do manufacturing within the UAE. Yes. And, you know, that's often a question we ask on the show because a lot of people uh, do marketing and branding and sales very well, yeah. but they outsource the manufacturing to other countries. Totally uh, and one is because they perceive, they think it's cheaper, but also there's no, there's not that many uh, inspiration of entrepreneurs who believe in manufacturing in the UAE. Uh, so they they don't feel they can, but then people like you prove that, that they can. But that also the manufacturing part of it. How did you go about that? Did you have to make a factory? Did you have to find a factory that was already doing it? And was that extra cost as well? Well, first of all, yeah, I would like to say that why we see so many imported imported products and it's easier to make the product maybe outside UAE, find a contracts manufacturer or private label and get the products done there. And all what you have to do is stick your, your brand and uh, you receive the end products already. Okay, but of course it's more challenging to produce it here because first the availability of the raw ingredients that you have, you have to get uh, from different parts of the world. Like for example, uh, we have ingredients like matcha we are getting from Japan, from from a region called Wazuka. We have ingredients from Oman, frankincense. We have ingredients from Morocco, you know. And, and this is one thing is it's part also of one of our value that is to embrace diversity. Mm. So we know that in UAE there is over 200 nationalities living together in peace and harmony and tolerance. So we wanted to incorporate that into Matia Natural by... Um, formulating with some heritage ingredients, ingredients that have been used uh, by ancestors of that particular culture or region so that people can relate to. So coming back to manufacturing, yeah, we started as, a, let's say, a workshop studio. This is where, where we, ma we manufacture, not yet in a big manufacturing facility, no. Not yet. So uh, I, that you don't need a huge, big warehouse. You just need uh, to make the products. You can have a small workspace studio yeah. and you package everything yourself and you take orders as they come. Did you, do you have a, a website? Do you do direct to consumer or do you have distribution partners? Okay, so uh, we, I started in the website, but it didn't last long. Less than a year, I got contacted by Ether. Um, in Yasmo, the biggest mall of Abu Dhabi, hmm. to start selling Matia there. So actually, yeah, th this was a very huge, big opportunity for Matia, you know, because less than a year, I'm no longer selling only online. I'm selling in one of the biggest mall in Abu Dhabi. So, and it, it gives more exposure to the brand. I start knowing uh, uh, cost uh, customers' preferences, and all that. And then after I start having, um, now Matia is also available in Dubai, in Galleria Mall, in, uh, in Al Jumeirah branch, and also in um, uh, Al Barsha branch. So yeah, so from online 
And we have many, many more offers. You know, we're just taking it step by step. But from online, you go to different, you know, stores, retail stores. So it's a combination of uh, your direct-to-consumer, your people on your own website and distribution partners that's the current sales channels yeah, yeah exactly it was really interesting you mentioned you, uh, you mentioned morocco at the start in terms of empowerment yeah. but then the ingredients choices you mentioned the heritage because they're they're very famous ingredients like frankincense's very famous tradition with oman and same exactly. with the argan oil in morocco, morocco. That's, right. what, that's what we exactly do richard is to bring the ingredients from its source mm. because basically what makes a product high quality as i said this before is the quality of the ingredient that is you know and, uh, and what is it i get the oil as part of the manufacturing what's the frankincense used for which yeah so we use we have a whole collection of frankincense that's called ban uh, in arabic so frankincense has you know so many benefits for the skin uh you know, brightening, it's brightened the skin, it tightens the skin, very rejuvenating for the skin. So we did a whole collection, a soap and a toner and a face polish and a body scrub, all from the frankincense. Hmm. And it's one of our best sellers, the, the frankincense collection, yeah. Amazing. And so in the last couple of years, are you surprised with the trajectory? It's kind of post-pandemic. Are, are you surprised with... Uh, are you on track? Did you have a, a business plan? Are you on track? Or are you taking it as it comes? Well, I'm trusting the process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, there is some changes happens, of course, post-COVID. Uh, one of the, you know, the changes was the argan oil. So, so as I said before, we use argan oil in all our products, in all our formulation, as part of the formulation, for the reason that I stated before to empower women and all that. So the argan oil prices has increased by like 40%. Oh. Yeah. And to, to do with shipping costs or scarcity? No, it, it was because of the drought, because of the difficulties there to, to just, you know, get the, the seeds and all that. Yeah. So uh, this is, yeah, and shipping shipping costs in general increased in all our products. So we, we really are um, depending on our, our ingredients are from outside, hmm. from U.S., as I said, from different countries. So the shipping cost has increased a lot. And that makes your margins tighter? You have to increase the cost, the prices? We didn't actually increase, but we're thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, we're thinking about uh, increasing the price a little bit because... Maybe all this was not expected, you know, all these changes that's happened and with COVID and everything, it's mm. not really expected. So. With, with, the, with the premium ingredients, yeah. uh, that's an investment. And then making the product yourself, you need team. And then uh, there's marketing costs as yeah. well. Uh, is it hard to sort of turn a profit in this type of consumer business? Uh, yeah, I would say, yeah, it's not, it's not easy. Uh, have because, you been able to make it profitable so far, or is it coming? Well, I would say that, you know how I think about uh, business, you know, I always personify Mattia, and I call it my, my fourth baby. Hmm. I have three daughters. So, <laughs> my fourth baby. so the business is exactly 
exactly when you have a baby, so the first two years, you are sacrificing everything, your time, your resources, and everything, so that this baby is completely dependent on you. The same thing, I feel, it goes for the business. Then after the two years, this baby starts a little bit being independent. How I see it in the business point of view, the business starts covering its expenses, okay? And then after that, this baby grow up and they start having like friendships. So there is a mutual giving here. Hmm. So now I can say, you know, we are in the, in, the, in the period where the business is covering its expenses hmm. somehow. So not yet in... The past, not not yes, covered all the investment, but yeah. it's covering it's break even month on month. Exactly. So the, so it's definitely growing up as a child was <laughs> nice. Yeah. And you know, so talk a little bit about sort of being a female entrepreneur and Emirati yeah. female entrepreneur. You know, did you expect to do this? You know, when you were, it was really fascinating hearing about the different studies that you did and the different careers that you explored. Mm. Um, you know, you were. You weren't idle. You were always learning. You were uh, self-improvement and, uh, you know, learning, basically. And yeah. then you ended up being an entrepreneur. Did, yeah. you, did you think that you would be? Is it something that you go, oh, suddenly I'm a female entrepreneur and it's, and it's not normal? Or did you think that uh, I really wanted to be one when I was younger? Well, I, I don't remember having that dream, maybe, of being a, an entrepreneur. But as I said, you know, but I did have this vision that I said in the beginning that I wanted to do something that passionate me. It's very important for me that I do something I like so I'll be able to give more and also that will benefit people. I, I you know, uh, for me, giving to people, it's, it's, it's provides me personally a sort of happiness, okay? And benefiting not only the people, the society, the country is, you know, a huge, big mission. So I always see it like that. That's why, you, that's why when, I, when I, um, I was explaining how I went through different fields, okay? So I was doing, for example, public administration policy making. So in this, I don't think you'll be an entrepreneur in this, you know, it's more like, you know, more political. So I didn't have the idea of being an entrepreneur. I had the idea of what I said, you know, bringing something to people mm. and also something that I have passion for. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm trying to understand the crossovers between policies, but you have to be very organized. You have to, you know, policies can impact the wider public and yeah, things like this as well. Exactly. So you have to think of other things. And, you know, it's not just a handcraft. Uh, you know, what you've described is that you ha you're multifaceted, the skills that you need at the moment. Yeah. So probably accumulation of all those studies did help in different exactly. ways. Definitely, I would say, because, uh, you know, when you, uh, when, in, in, when you search, you know, so you try different fields, of course, you gain knowledge and this knowledge helps you as well, uh, either in your, in your career or as an entrepreneur. Knowledge compounds, yeah. yeah. And uh, as, you know, you know, as a female entrepreneur, Emirati entrepreneur, are there, uh, are there support systems? Are there uh, grants? Are there things that you can, that I can help you drive? Or is it sort of, uh, do you face as every challenge that every entrepreneur would face as well? Well, I think that here in UAE, there is a lot of support to entrepreneur. 
And maybe, uh, you know, one of the reasons I'm here today as well, because, uh, you know, maybe you know me through Ether, and uh, Ether has been a great support and supporting UAE brands. Mm. So there is this uh, support, you know, and, and also it's very easy to, to start a business, you know, as an online business. Uh, so there is a lot of support to, to entrepreneurs. There is a lot of um, um, also supporting people who are striving for I innovation. Okay, so I think they, I believe that there is a lot of support. Yeah. To what, what we've definitely seen over the last few years is a lot more media coverage. You know, whether it is the Emiratis exactly. Women's Day or whether, whether it's covers of magazines or inspiring videos online and things like that. Um, how, what role do you think that plays in inspiring the next generation of, of people who, who want to contribute to the wider economy and society and start their own businesses, females as well? Well, it's make it uh, feasible when you see somebody's story or when you see somebody starting from scratch. It doesn't matter if you have the capital or the resources you need to have the idea and you need to have the good intention. Hmm. Okay. And it's possible and everything is possible in UAE, I believe. Definitely. It's an yeah. inspiring place to be. I totally yeah. agree. And, and what about being a mom as well? Have you found it hard to balance? Is that a difficult question? Has, um, has your fourth child <laughs> taken away from the other three? Yeah. <laughs> the three are a little bit jealous of the fourth child sometimes. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know because um, I'm, I'm a very organized as a person. So, and I like to put objectives and I like to put daily, weekly, objective, monthly, and like this, you know, I'm, I cannot go without planning. So I need to know what I'm gonna do tomorrow. Hmm. So this organization and time management had allowed me to be able to manage everything, you know, all together, my kids and the business. That's amazing. And talk a little bit more about like sustainability in general. You know, do you think it's a it's a business? In, in other words, uh, a lot of products uh, are obviously better for us. But so maybe one of the reasons why products aren't as sustainable and how they're produced is because it's more expensive to do it and it mightn't be profitable. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, what, what's your view on that? It, do, is it more of a, a cause to provide good products or is it possible to uh, make a business out of it? Well, it is, of course, more costly. And here maybe I will go a little bit technical because when we talk about, for example, what makes an, a, a skincare product? So you have the parts of natural ingredients that are plant oils, butters. You have then the functional ingredients you know, these are ingredients like emulsifier, solubilizer, so these preservative. So these ingredients, they can be either naturally de derived or nature identical or synthetic. So of course the naturally derived ingredients are more expensive, less available. So this also will, you know, it's, it's also bring up the cost of the product itself, okay? So, um, yeah, so it's not it's it's costly. There's also also one thing I'm thinking about um, the availability of of certain ingredients. So when you want to make like a product, you cannot make a product 100% natural. As I said, there is always a portion of product that is the preservative. It can be naturally derived, but it cannot be natural mm. or functional ingredients cannot be 100% natural. So 
But um, I forgot what I was saying. Actually. Yeah. So, so the technical parts, uh, you know, the preservatives. It, there always has to be something that isn't natural. They, they are processed in the lab. Mm. But then here you have a choice between a synthetic preservative and between a, a natural, uh, naturally revived preservative. And this one will be more costly mm. than the other one. Okay, that's what's made maybe, you know, the, the, the huge brands or the global brands, they mainly use that, they want to maximize their profits. Mm. Okay, so they use the ingredients that are synthetic. But like you discovered this, these products that didn't work on your skin, there's more consumer awareness now, the knowledge out there. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. And here, how I see the, 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 um, the cosmetic industry is like it's split into two, uh, maybe unequal segments. So you have, you have the, the big players. These are the global brands that we grew up knowing. And then you have the emerging clean and green beauty that now are starting taking some of the shares of the big players. Mm. And why? Because of all the environmental issues going on, because of people being more aware, okay, of what goes into their skin and to their health. And uh, also because of continuous deceptions. And uh, I explained that we are, you know, grew up to believe you know, whatever it said, for example, about a product or any claim. Mm. For example, I will, uh, if I get a product, it says that this product will clear your blackheads in one week. I believe that mm. and I will buy it. Okay. And then there's deception after deception. So consumers now are start realizing those deceptions. Uh, they start turning more towards the natural. There is also um, Gen Z. Gen Z, the, the you know, population age from four years to, uh, I think, 25 years. These are the, the population of people that grew up with technology. And um, they are more pragmatic. They want result-driven, you know, product. And, um, and, and, uh, and they want products that are effective. At the same time, they present a value either in, uh, related to environment or any related value. So you have Gen Z, you have millennials. These are people from 25 to 40, okay? Also these people, they value more natural products. And these are some researches that I have read, you know, I'm just not coming up with this yeah. out of the blue, but yeah, so they, they are valuing more natural products and transparency. So these two, Gen Z and millennials, they represent approximately 66% of the total population in UAE. Mm. And these two are willing to make changes, okay, for the sake of the environment. So that's why I, I presume that, you know, green beauty and clean beauty will, will, will go even further in the coming years because of all that, because of the, as I said, awareness, the continuous deceptions and... All that. Yeah, definitely. But what what do you think about, say, global companies, the incumbents, the ones that are already have the shelf space and the brands? Uh, what if are, is it possible for them to be as sustainable as yeah. you? 
And this is what they're trying to do. Actually, we have seen a lot of global brands trying now to, to have refill packaging, for example, to uh, change some of their ingredients into natural ingredients. Yeah, but it will be costly. Hmm. So, and, and their and, margins will suffer. Yeah, because here the difference, because, because the difference between the two is that green beauty are, you know, uh, the owners of this, you know, green beauty uh, normally has a cause by which they, you know, they fight for, has something, a higher purpose, okay? Mm. So it's even more important than the profit. Yeah. But you have the conventional skincare and the big players, they are into profit, so. Yeah. Yeah, and they're into profits and their brands have a price point that they need to compete with others. And there's always going to be some company out there who uh, will cut corners on ingredients exactly. to sell. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but no, it's just interesting to see because, you know, I agree. I think, uh, you know, on all, all skincare products, male or female, uh, you know, hair products and things like that, uh, people do question what they're using, like body washes and yeah. things like that. Uh, because I think we're aware of chemicals and we're, we mightn't have the studies and the, you know, we mightn't know how to make the products and the soaps like you do and know the technical terms, but uh, we are willing to read a little bit more. And it would, it, the transparency is important because that transparency, what's yeah. on your website and what's on your package is the consumer's diploma. That's their degree because they're researching there rather than and they they, exactly. they need to find out more information yeah because you know I, I, sometimes i got some you know messages through uh, through the instagram somebody asking for example do you have a cream that lightens so and so area i, I say no <laughs> i don't have this kind of cream but I, we, we do have like nourishing uh, body scrub and so if you, if you keep exfoliating your body properly two three times a, day, a week and then you you apply proper hydration automatically you will you will have a unified complexion but what i mean here is that i don't need to give false claims or to sell because this is not the purpose even of the brand so mm -hmm. transparency is so important, you know. Even if I don't make a sale, but I, I convey the proper message, it's important. How does the, the the routine part, what are the benefits of that? Is that is washing regularly? Because sometimes we, when we hear, you say in the past, toothpaste tried to get us to feel that we have to do it twice a day yeah. so they can sell more toothpaste. Like, <laughs> but is it, is it important? Like maybe that is important, but it, what's the benefits of the regular usage? Well, you need to have like a skincare routine that is simple. Mm. And that's why we are promoting minimalist skincare. That's mean cut down on this 12-step Skincare routine. Or 12 different products to wash your face, yeah. Exactly. Into two, three products mainly, cleans, tone if possible. If not, it's okay. Moisturized and, and, and of course, sunblock, so, mm. you know, very important. And then you can do exfoliate two, three times a week to just get uh, rid of all the, you know, dead cells and everything to rejuvenate the skin. So it's pretty simple. But we, are, we grew up believing that is complicated because we have, you know, this installed belief, again, through maybe big brands and global brands, through advertising and all that, that our skincare has to be, you know, complicated and 
It shouldn't be. And do you f- see that men are using masia as well? Well, yeah. I mean, my husband, at least, he, is, <laughs> he loves the product. I would support. But no, is it, it's obviously yeah. catered towards females, but a lot of, you know, especially, uh, uh, you know, facial uh, yeah, routine, you can I, yeah, use it. Yeah, that's your point, Richard. Actually, yeah, we, we, we would love to see that, you know, and maybe we're not marketing that enough. But uh, yeah, man also needs a, a cleanser, needs a moisturizer. I mean, yeah. uh, he has a skin as we have a skin, and and the skin is aging as well. So better age the you know the best way. So yeah, but maybe we should focus more on 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 advertising this or or telling people that yes, men can use our skincare. Yeah. And uh, what about salons and uh, say B two B side? Do you supply products to uh, salons as well to salons uh, like um, like maybe hotels or spas yeah, or yeah. things we like that we have offer and, and lately actually we, we just had an, um, a proposal to supply to a big salon in Al Ain we're not yet in Al Ain market so it's a good opportunity we are in Abu Dhabi in Dubai but not in Al Ain so yeah we're working on that one and we got also some other you know uh, proposal overseas but you know we are we want to take it a step by step yeah yeah so kind of two questions on that i think we'll run with that one so what is the market expansion like clearly the uae is important for you in its still early days is that do you want to sort of establish masia natural here first before you look at international expansion or do you already have a few countries on the on the plans that's what always I say, you know, I had this, you know, opportunities to have Matia Natural in Bahrain, in Morocco, in, um, I got also in Singapore. Mm. But I don't know why I feel that I like to take things step by step. Okay, so I feel like I want to establish a presence here in UAE first. As I go along, you know, I have all these you know, foundations and these values, I might add to them. I want first to grow here in UAE and then, you know, expand. Yeah, and sometimes, uh, you know, we have different entrepreneurs on this show. Some of them have raised money in the skincare and beauty sector, like e-commerce marketplaces and things like that. And they often talk about the Middle East, uh, the the total addressable market, the, uh, the... the volume of spend per person or per capita yeah. on beauty care has been higher than elsewhere in the world. Yeah. Is that something that you've looked to to uh, to raise investment? Is that something that you think you have a bigger opportunity in this part of the world than if you were doing Matthew Natural elsewhere? Well, I didn't uh, maybe uh, think of it that way. So I was thinking about giving to UAE, giving to UAE. That's, that's mm. the main thing, you know. So... Uh, I didn't think, of course, uh, either UAE or GCC, uh, they consume a lot of uh, beauty products and makeup and skincare. But that was not part of, you know, I didn't think about that while laying down the foundation of the company, that Mm. here it's a bigger market or, no, I just wanted to convey a message and to get people uh, into, you know, using natural skincare and to, you know, wake up. (laughs) (laughs) But I think maybe you have the luck of an entrepreneur because one of the important things is to be is to choose an area that's actually 
growing, right? Because yeah. if someone is excellent at something, but the market just isn't there for it. Totally agree, Richard. Yeah, yeah. And there is a big opportunity here. And and, and when I explained later uh, earlier uh, about how you know Gen Z and millennials together, uh, and they are the active shoppers. Uh, represent 60% of the population, and these are people who are willing for you know to change. And at the same time, when I think about uh, green beauty and natural products, altogether this give us you know a hope, not only to the to the planet, but uh, a hope also to uh, to natural products that they are growing. There will be uh, an increased demand on them. In the future yeah. and do you think the demand as well will come from like the different the digital world and the, the totally. you know the subscription like are you seeing some of your customers saying uh, my routine my products with Matthew Natural last me about two or three months therefore I would like to uh, be reminded of when to purchase again and, yeah. and these types of relationships yeah of course you of course using technology in all that uh, e-marketing and uh, yeah it's very important okay great it's nice to hear and so what's the sort of plans for the horizon uh you know coming up uh, of course there's cop 28 so there's going to be a lot of uh, yeah. conversation in the UAE around sustainable products and environment yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know w what's your product plans for you know the rest of this year and with the coming years yeah so um, we are planning to replace one of our exfoliant with the upcycled products and I would not say which one let's keep it a surprise Up explain upcycled so upcycled are these ingredients that uh, just give you an example for example a coffee from a coffee shop this leftover of a coffee that can be reused in cosmetics. Or, for example, um, you know, when you press some oils and then you have the leftover of that pressing oils, yeah. these are all upcycled ingredients. So we're planning to introduce that and, and hopefully, you know, getting all our exfoliants, replacing them with the, the, the upcycled products. We also planning in the future, and I cannot say when exactly, but whenever the brand is ready and the market is ready to introduce refill packaging to, to Mattia Natural. And we are having a, a new launch, a new product launch. It's a new, I would say, innovative idea. It's, it's, it has been initiated by the Korean skincare. It's actually a skincare in a stick format. But we took the idea and made it the natural version of it. So uh, we formulated with uh, alter natural alternative of some of the top-notch uh, cosmetic ingredients, like a natural alternative of, of uh, retinol or uh, ascorbic acid, which is vitamin C. So these are, you know, our upcoming launch, and this this. Actually, these sticks are uh, suitable for all ages and for men as well. Mm. And uh, they were formulated to uh, accommodate the, uh, I would say, the, the climate changes. Uh, they are mainly designed to, to repair and protect the skin against environmental aggressors like heat and humidity existing in UAE. Interesting. Very good. So we'll keep an eye on the products. Well, yeah. Nada, it's been a pleasure. It's great Thank to hear you your so story. And I know you. it's your first podcast, but you did. Yeah. it was really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's well done. And yeah, we look forward to following Mazia Natural in the future. Thank you so much, Richard, for having me here today. Thanks a lot. Thank you.
um, I believe we do that in content, but I think uh, you can, if we can apply it to content, you can apply it to anything. Uh, so well done to Nada and what she's doing. Uh, very impressive. And uh, shout out to everyone else who's doing amazing things, all the Emirati females out there in business and in other sectors in sport. Uh, so enjoy Emirati's Women's Day for 2023. Uh, as always, this is available on smashy.tv, on uh, smart TVs, on apps. Uh, you can, if you're listening, it's on the podcast app, so Apple, Angami, Spotify. And you can also catch our other shows uh, on Smashy TV. Uh, we're just starting a new season in the UAE for the local sports, for futsal, volleyball, handball. Uh, so you'll be able to check that out as well. Thank you as ever to our producers, Shahir and Ali, for putting together the show. Uh, it will be, of course, distributed on Smashy Business Socials and across London Dubai as well. Uh, this is a Smashy Business production as part of the Gustus Media Podcast Network.